Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Attack. I'm your host Trevor, and the doctor has put me on what you might call fat pills. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been a long time since we've uh, had an old man talking about their blood sugar update. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes. I. Uh, uh, this is Jay, and I decided to. So after a hard winter, and then falling off the uh, wagon hard. Over I, over again. I, I am now back on it, but I'll, I'll let my other uh, host introduce himself, I guess. <laughs> oh, I'm Josh, and I probably need the fat pills. <laughs> <laughs> I have two reasons that I'm trying to lose 25 pounds in the next three months. One is that we're doing a family trip, and there's this excursion in Northern California where you can – you basically pedal these electric uh, train cars, you know, to on these um abandoned tracks to kind of see nature or whatever and it looks really cool i'm not explaining it very well but there's a weight limit on it and i'm like over the weight limit Mm. and then i've also been told that um when i get into the legislative session next january that the freshman 15 is a real thing because there will be a lot of people feeding you well not junk food like you're just like every night they're like here come eat all this food, you know, sure. and well, my I'm willpower is not something of legend. <laughs> you're also, it's not like you're going to be like, Oh, I just finished this busy day. I'm going to go home and, uh, cook a nice healthy dinner. It's going to be, <laughs> I'm going to partake of unhealthy food. Exactly. Yeah. So I need to hear about these miracle, uh, fat pills. Okay. So the first thing you need is to this know, like a joke, like how to surf man, the fat pills are actually making you fat and you just didn't tell us. Well, so first thing you know, they're not pills. It's an injection. Okay. Okay. So a week, is it week like week? fen fen straight in your vein. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you, you, I inject it basically all the same places I would inject insulin. I need to tell my okay. wife to get that like fen fen IVs. She probably should get that going. <laughs> <laughs> you but, guys would make a lot of money <laughs> yeah you would i know right so this stuff it apparently has been on trial for a while and it was try one of the places it was on trial or was being uh tested was at the endocrinologist that i go for my diabetes so they were already aware of it but because it's brand new on the market the the they're not allowed to advertise it so there's like FDA rules that keep them from being able to advertise it or to try to sell it to doctors for the first year or two years or something. So, but because my doctor was part of the trials, he was aware of it and said, you know, he said, we should try this. 
what it does is it provides you with um, some hormones that um, in diabetics are normally low and which can cause your system to when it should be telling you you're full and to stop eating those don't really exist in diabetics so diabetics tend to overeat which you know some people may say chicken egg thing you know weight causes diabetes or diabetes causes weight you know we've this discussion has been going on for quite a bit over the last 10 years in the diabetes Mm -hmm. sphere anyway so it's an injection um and it basically tells me you know it reduces my appetite considerably the here's the really bad part it's not covered by most people's insurance including my own and it's fifteen hundred dollars a month so the way that the company who sells this product is trying to overcome this nobody will cover it it's fifteen hundred dollars a month and um nobody knows about it we can't advertise it is they're offering a coupon which allows you to get uh, this monthly product for twenty five dollars a month up okay. until up until December of twenty twenty three at which point they will be past the period where they can't advertise and then they're supposedly not going to offer this coupon anymore so doctor's letting me try it for now anyway it I don't know how it works it uses a hormone called I think GOP one which sounds political but it's not <laughs> uh, anyway. I inject it. It's supposed to. Uh, the The warning is is that it can give me what what it does is it causes your stomach to not move things through as quickly. So, like for example, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people who overeat, they'll they'll eat really quickly, and before their body can tell them that they've had enough, they'll have already finished the second cheeseburger. I feel like I'm being described over and over again in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we're, you know, <clears throat> we're all being described here. Anyway, the the point being is this, this so this uh, uh, drug or whatever you want to call it, hormone causes the food to stay in your stomach longer before it lets it move on. Okay, so the, the side effects are if you eat like you normally would, you will feel like you do when you go out to eat at a restaurant and you've eaten three times more than you should. You will, you know, you'll be stuffed, you'll hurt, painful, reflux, like borderline nausea. So this, this drug on like, say half the amount you eat now will, if, will, you'll feel full. And if you were to eat your normal amount, you will get nausea. Um, You will feel bloated. You will feel pain. Like they, she warned me, the pharmacist did multiple times. She's like, you need to be very careful on how much you eat because it will be, it, it will make you pay for it if you don't if you don't watch it. So and so, have you experienced that yet? Well, so I only injected myself two hours ago for the first time. Okay. I just got prescribed this today. Oh, okay. But the doctor said that that one of the people he put this on lost 120 pounds in one year on it. Huh. Out of how many? I don't know. He he. That's client information, patient information. He wouldn't tell me that much. Whatever. Weak. But, but he did say that the guy got down to his target weight. Mm. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm not the, some of the warnings they gave me. I mean, it was like concerning, like, <laughs> like they're talking about acid reflux and, and like wanting to throw up. And like, if you're not really careful with how much you eat, it'll make Jeez. you feel. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. We'll see. But I, I am definitely at the highest weight I've ever been, which I'm not afraid to say is 227, almost 230. 
So, and I'm not a, I'm not a big guy. It's like I'm, my goal weight. Jeez. <laughs> well, I, I'm shorter than both of you guys. I'm five foot. That's fair. I'm five foot nine when I wear my shoes. And so my target weight, you know, my healthy weight is more like 180, 185. So I'm, I'm like 50 pounds overweight. So, and, and most of that weight came post pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Like I, you know, I, I did the same thing that everybody else did. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take this opportunity to exercise more because <laughs> I can't go out and meet people. You know, the perfect lie. You know, I, I kept telling myself that that's exactly what would happen. None of that happened. I exercised way less. Um, my, my wife asked me how many steps I took yesterday because she took she was she's she works for a school doing just random tasks. One of the things she does is she's their uh, flagger for the road. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And parents bring their kids in. Oh, so she, she walks a lot then. She walks a lot, yeah. She walked, you know, almost nine thousand steps yesterday just doing normal things. I walked five hundred and eighty eight steps yesterday doing normal things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in some ways you're the perfect storm career, yeah. etc. Yeah, it's I mean it's a big part of my career. My my enjoyment literally sits twelve inches away from my work. Mm-hmm. The computer here and the computer there. Uh I ended up uh Deciding to hop back on the low-carb wagon, and I did that 12 days ago, and I am currently down 11 pounds. Jeez. Wow. Which, <laughs> which, like, I usually do have, I'll, when I have a lot of weight to lose, and so at the start, I'll, I'll go down a lot, and then it will be pretty steady after that. I, I will hit plateaus, but... Like in general, I do respond fairly well to changing my habits, and so it makes me feel that much worse when I'm such a fat slob. Because <laughs> I actually, I, I'm not one of the people. Like there are people who legitimately they have to pour their entire soul into trying to lose like three pounds, and right. so yeah, I'm I'm not one of those evidently, but. My wife is one of those. She, when I was rowing and I was rowing, you know, probably three to four nights a week. And I was, I lost about 15 pounds. My wife was rowing every bit as much as, as I was. She didn't lose a single pound. She actually gained a little. And it just, it irritated her to no end. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, uh, stuff from, uh, Discount Games Inc. Um, the I, I think there's a lot of people who are unaware of the the upcoming wave of stuff for Marvel Crisis Protocol. Uh, so get your orders in on that. But it is stuff like uh, a Captain America in his uh, World War One or two. Sorry. Uh, time period and the original Human Torch in one box, uh, Nick Fury Senior and the Howling Commandos, and then uh, Baron Strucker and Arnim Zola in another box. So check those out. Um, so uh, I think today is going to be another day of uh, pitches of things that uh, we've we've been doing or enjoying. Um, I can I can go first. I'm not sure how long this first one is going to be, but uh, the next two that Trevor does, I'm sure, are going to be a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle so, up. 
the the first thing I'm going to pitch is the Art of Prophecy uh, by Wesley Chu. It is a um, it's a fantasy novel, but it's set in a I'm, I'm going to try to say this word, but I think I've only ever read it and not uh, heard people pronounce it. But uh, Wuxia, uh, W-U-X-I-A, um, which is uh, a genre uh, of um, the the literal translation of it is martial heroes, but it is think of like a crouching tiger, hidden dragon, yeah, or it's kung, kung fu kind of things, right? Yes, correct. Um, so um, I follow Wesley Chu on Twitter. He has purchased some stuff from uh, Discount Games Inc., so he's obviously a man of discerning <laughs> taste. <laughs> um, and uh, he he has another um, series that is um, the lives of Tao that I, I believe um, Josh has read as well. Um, and I would say and that it has been forever since I did, but yeah, yes, anyway, it's been a long time. Um, I, I mean, I, to be honest, I would say that um, I enjoyed following him on Twitter a little bit more than I did the, the lives of Tao series. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, I would say that they were, you know, a solid book, but not, particularly noteworthy um it's it's kind of a a modern day um geek has to go through a training montage to become a hero uh, story i would say um the and i would say that of the of the books i've read of his this i feel is the strongest and, and most entertaining of the books that i have read of his so um that's that's one thing that I will say for it. Um, it is a little bit on the longer side. It is around 530 pages, but so reads, um, pretty quickly. Um, it has, uh, because it is this genre, it has, you know, heroes, it has fantastical, uh, things that are happening, different fighting styles. Um, and, uh, just in general, it's it's a read that I, I thought was quite entertaining and, and something that I would recommend. Um, it is part one in a new series. It's planning on, I'm not sure how many books are going to, going to be in it. Um, he has already finished the second book and it is going through edits. And so uh, one, one thing I will say about um, Mr. Chu is that he has been uh, pretty prolific or, or good at getting out new books and continuing series. And so I, I, if it is something that sounds particularly interesting, I would encourage you to, you know, go out and buy it, read it because, um, because if it catches your fancy, you're going to have more to read then you'll have more to read. And, and as, and if people like, I know that, you know, I, I, I read a, an author rant about this, that I, I can understand both sides of it, but the author said that, you know, there's, there's all these authors who are wanting to write these series and, and they want readers to read them, but because there've been 
uh, people that have been burnt by two or, or three authors or series, a lot of them kind of adopt the philosophy of I'm going, I'm not going to read a series until it's finished, which then has the side effect that a lot of authors that want to do these series can't finish them because oh yeah interesting they don't have the readers that will uh enable Keep the series moving along the series to be finished um so i i i and his point was that really besides these two or three granted well-known and, and beloved uh instances it's not as much of an issue as as people are uh, scared of they've just kind of been hurt a lot by <laughs> those examples so um i don't do you guys have any questions on the book or what, what um, was the name of the book again uh the name of it is the art of prophecy and so i guess to to give a little bit of of uh overview of the story there is a prophesied hero there's there's, there's kind of uh two two cultures there's one that is is kind of a fantasy china and another one that is kind of a fantasy mongolia um except the mongolia is has kind of a grass sea and they are um they have kind of steampunk cities that rove through the grass sea and they they also have a, a an eternal con that uh is is their leader and will be reincarnated if he ever dies and so the one of the characters of the the book is this very young boy who is the prophesied um great one who is going to face the eternal con um and the story kind of takes off from there it does have some tropes that are things that are familiar that are enjoyable like the one of the other main characters is is kind of the uh the grumpy old martial art mass grandmaster uh, who mm-hmm. is trying to teach teach the uh, uh the, this boy but um it also doesn't it, it's not so full of tropes that you feel like you know what's going to uh happen everywhere or that it, it feels like it goes overboard on them i guess i would say i don't i don't know why the cover of this book looks so dang familiar to me because it's this is this correct it was published just in august yeah it was just published yeah i don't know why i would have any previous exposure to this but the, the I do, cover not, the cover not looks to super familiar cover, but i do think that the cover looks looks really cool yeah the, co- the cover's cool and i like i said i feel like i've seen it somewhere before oh. uh, but i don't know where i would have seen it i'm I, i'll admit that i'm terribly interested you know one of the things that i one of the reasons why i don't normally read fantasy is because it's so filled with tropes and mm-hmm. and it's so filled with western right tropes right and um i don't know this is just way different so I'm yeah I mean that's one of the things that I enjoyed quite a lot about it is that you do uh one of the one of the common reviews that I've I've um uh read about it is that it's kind of a combo of uh Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon and um I'm I'm blanking this I've never watched the movie I I should I know it's the one you love Trevor but Drunken Master or Drunken something um yeah I mean Drunken Master is the one that um okay yes Drunken Jack, Master Jack, Jackie Chan is in from a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. So 
it's commonly reviewed as being kind of a cross of of those two um movies and i i do appreciate i do enjoy that it is like trevor said it's it's nice reading something that is um a fantasy genre that is not the normal fantasy genre i guess yeah not uh not the expectations you'd normally have yeah yeah um any any other questions or thoughts on it before we move on to the next um i was just uh, i mean my only question was about the author you said josh you'd read a series of his books before did you enjoy them uh i have positive memories of what's the one i read before jay now i forget it it was the one one i said the uh lives the lives of tau series um Okay, so I, I'm pretty sure that this is this book is for me, The Lives of Tao. The description says, when out of shape IT technician. Yes. <laughs> and then I'll insert my own name there. Woke up and started hearing voices in his head. He naturally assumed he was losing it. So clearly this book is written for me. <laughs> clearly, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think you would like him, Trevor, for sure. Uh, he has another book called Time Salvager, which is a time travel adventure. He does. That's one I've been interested in reading that I have not. I think it's actually uh, part of a series as well, um, but it's one that I've been interested in uh, reading as well. Um, he, he had also, me a time he was, uh, he did. Yes, I understand. He has a. <laughs> I mean, here's here's another. Trevor is a simple book, man. <laughs> book two, uh, book two in the series. Uh, so book one is Time Soldier. Book two is time siege which uh i'm sure you're all in at that point <laughs> oh yeah 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 its description is a five fast-paced time travel adventure that's all you had to say the I other say, the only way you could get better was if the book was entitled like time time <laughs> <laughs> another book that he wrote was uh he was tapped for uh the walking dead typhoon which was the first walking dead novel set in uh, an oriental setting so nice that was interesting as well i thought all right so uh trevor do you want to I, i'm going to give you two options or, or i mean i guess you can pull one out whatever you want as well but uh the two i was thinking uh do you want to do uh the the sniper hidden movement game first or backpack manager um oh, let's do back- tough choices let's do backpack manager first okay it's- it's yeah we'll do that one backpack hero is what it's called it is a a roguelite um it is fairly early in early access so i'm sure that will turn my two hosts off immediately i thought it was out of early access i played the i played how did i play it i played it the you played the demo the web version of it or something like that yes there was a web version a web demo where you can only play one character and the number of options available to you, the number of gear, was was severely limited. Oh, man, there's multiple characters now. Yes. This is giving me feelings. So Back, <laughs> Backpack Hero was a game that had a, just a demo uh, built by a pretty small studio. They then took it to Kickstarter, and it went crazy. So they've that Kickstarter was not that long ago. That's when I, I think I mentioned it on this show at that time. Yeah, right after so. the right after the Kickstarter finished, so that's how quickly they've gone from which I think that was maybe six months ago, or as less. Hercules would say, zero to hero. 
<laughs> yes. So anyway, they've gone from that to a pre-release version available on Steam for, I don't know how much it is, 15 bucks maybe. Um, so in Backpack Hero, you have a backpack where you can put all of your gear. As you level up, the backpack gets bigger. Okay, the size of the backpack is somewhat variable depending on your class. So the first class, the mouse, um, is sort of a the generic can, can do anything character class. Um, by default, the first set of equipment you get is a sword and a shield, sword and board. Okay, on your turn, um, you choose which items in your backpack to activate by clicking on them, and they have an energy cost. You have three energy, so it's very similar to Slay the Spire, except for instead of pulling cards out of your deck, you're just clicking on things in your backpack that you want to use, and you have access to everything in your backpack every turn. Okay. Now, the way that things are organized in the backpack is critically important. Certain items give you bonuses if they're adjacent to other items. There's like a, for example, if your helmet, if your helm is not at the top of your backpack, it gets a, a massive penalty. So your helmet might give you like plus one armor or something. And if you move, if it's not on the top row, it doesn't give you any armor. And boots are the same way. Boots have to be at the bottom of the ba- of the bag. If they're at the bottom, then they give you an armor value based on how many rows above the boots. Gloves are the same way. One, if you have a left glo- hand glove, has to be at the left side of the bag, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So a big part of the game is sort of organizing your backpack and putting things in there in a way that they benefit each other. Some of them, like some of them get canceled out completely if they're against near the wrong thing. So um, your backpack gets bigger. You gain, you pick, every time you fight a fight, you're going to get a bunch of gear that you can pick through. That's kind of the roguelite part of it. It's random stuff. So you're trying to build this, I want to call it an engine really, because that's what it is. You're building an engine where you, you build up enough armor and attack to be able to move on to the next thing. Yeah, because I remember, like, I felt like I successfully built what I'm going to call the Archer engine one time. Uh-huh, yep. There's The Archer engine is basically um, the bow itself, the bow weapons, and there's lots of different bows in the game, but they activate every arrow that is to the, like, depending on how you have it aligned, but, you know, every arrow to the right. So if you have four arrows lined up and you have a really big bow, you click the bow once and it fires every single arrow that's to the right of it. And the arrows gain a bigger benefit if there's empty space to the right of them. So some of your your bag has to be empty in certain places to give you bonuses. But there's also, you know, magic users. So there's wands and you have to have like mana crystals next to these wands. And mana in the game has sort of a it's almost like electricity. It can anything that's connected um, can can connect through to your wand, and you can use your wand multiple times, stuff like that, using your energy. Anyway, it's it's a very simple roguelite where you're going through, and a lot of it is based on trying to align these pieces in your bag to create this cool combo to be able to beat bosses. So that was the mouse, and all of everything I've described was all in the demo. Was there a boss in the demo? I don't remember. There was. Um, the demo was quite had a lot of stuff, so you had to go. Th- you could actually see multiple bosses. Okay. Okay. So there was like I think there was maybe in the demo maybe nine levels. Like you'd have three levels in the swamp, and then you'd see the final boss. Then three levels in the spire, and beat the boss, and then there would be a final in like the crypt or something. I don't remember. Okay. 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 So now 
um, in the pre-release version, I guess, the one that's available on Steam, there's three different classes. So the, the mouse that we've already discussed, and then there's a um, a second one called a frog, and they're they're sort of like a they're the deck builder of the class. So each round, um, you pull things out of your bag or out of your deck is what I should call it, and then you can place them in your bag to give you bonuses. That makes sense. Uh huh. Okay, and then at the end of the turn, some of these things will go back in your deck. Some of them will get removed, and some of them will stay in your bag. Um, so this character's bag is considerably smaller than the mouse's. Okay, and there's only a, sm- a really, really small section of the frog's bag that can actually put normal gear in there, like the gear you pick up as you travel. So all of the gear that you that's in your quote-unquote deck that you pull out can go in all the other sections of your bag. And again, it's, you know, trying to align it to create a, a combination, but they're basically the, they're, they're cycling through a deck and you also get the option to add things to that quote unquote deck. So they're more like a traditional deck builder, but, but the, the main mechanics are still the same. You have three energy, you're going through, you're getting stuff, you're adding yeah. it to your bag. Your bag is getting bigger as you go. Okay. Um, the last one. And, and one of the more interesting ones um is he looks like a fox or a bear but he's a robot Um, okay okay and this robot's bag um he can't he has a a beam that he clicks on and the beam shoots through your bag and you can you can get pieces that like essentially tubes that send the beam throughout the bag and the the beam has a power and every time it hits an item it will activate that item and reduce the power of the beam so it has the equivalent of, um, you know, the three energy that the mouse has, but you have energy in your beam. And the beam, if you line it up correctly, there's equipment that's specific to that character that okay. allows the, the beam to be split and to gain additional power, et cetera, et cetera. And you can you can cause the beam to return. There's a there's a a thing you can find that cause the beam to go back the same direction it came. Um, so really, what you're trying to do there is create a scenario where you gain more ability than you would from your three energy. So the beam is going to hit all these different weapons or different or armor or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, that, that one's the most interesting because it really makes you, it pushes your management skills in the bag far more than the other two do, I think. Cause you're trying to figure out how do I, how do I set up this sword and then this armor so that when I hit the button and the beam goes through my bag, it activates everything I want it to. Anyway, it's it's this whole game is it's really at its core, it's just a roguelite. It is about making choices on your equipment. One of the things I'm going to dock it for is that the path that you follow in most roguelites, you, you have to make hard choices. You know, sometimes you're going to go, I'm, okay, I'm going to go here um, and I'm going to gain this benefit or I'm going to go over here. Slay the Spire is a good example of that, you know, you're picking your path as you go up the spire. Right. In, currently in Backpack Hero, there really isn't much of that. You just, you go through the dungeon to the next place. Sometimes you have to have a key to open specific doors that aren't available to you if you don't have a key, but there's very few choices that limit your ability to go back. And I think that's probably something they'll add later on. Anyway, I, I, the art is cutesy. The, the shtick is a little bit cutesy. <laughs> but the truth is, is the game is fun as I'll get out. I, it, the other thing I'm going to dock it for is it, it maybe overstays its welcome a little bit. 
like sometimes with Slay the Spire, you could sit down or Hades even. You could sit down, play a game in 30, 45 minutes or whatever and walk away, you know, have finished the run and then you can come back later. Right. Backpack Hero from beginning to boss takes a lot longer than those games do. Now, you can leave it at any point. You can just jump out. It autosaves and you can jump back in at any point. But it's not as bite size per sitting. I mean, that is one of the things that I felt like Cult of the Lamb did right, and a lot of the roguelites do right. Yeah, they have a good, they have a good sit down, play a full game, walk away, and come back next time and play another one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In fact, um, uh, what should we call it? Um, sorry, I just forgot the name of it. Rogue, uh, roguebook. Roguebook sort of pushes that boundary. Like it takes quite a while to play through a game of roguebook. Yeah. It's, Right. It's it, instead of being 30 or 45 minutes, it's more like an hour to an hour and 10, you know, but backpack hero can even push that quite a bit. Mm. So, so I don't know. I still really love playing backpack hero. I really enjoy it. Um, but it can, a run can sometimes overstay its welcome a little bit. And I don't know if there's ways they can speed that up by changing the, the things you run into, or maybe, because the the full process of leveling up and finding the gear, it is quite fun and and satisfying to find that combo that makes you just feel like you're, you know, unbeatable. God among men. Yeah, you know, same sort of thing you feel <laughs> uh, in the other roguelites when you make the right combo. Um, but the whole process just seems to take longer than the average game. Yeah, it is. It is kind of fun in some of the roguelites where you like hit a combo and you're like. This almost feels broken. How can this be? Like I... <laughs> there, there's some, there's some combos in Backpack Hero that definitely make you feel. I mean, the one that that Josh mentioned, the arrow. If you get the right bow and the right arrows, man, I had the right build and I, I put something else in there that I shouldn't have, and yeah, that was a rude awakening. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but but in that build, you you click the bow and like just everything dies. I will say one thing though. So the bow build was extremely powerful in the demo. One of the things that they have done in the release is there are certain creatures that didn't exist in the demo that are resistant to ranged attacks. So the bow felt like it was it felt like it was a little bit overpowered in the demo in many ways, especially if you got like all the combo put together. Mm-hmm. It's some of the bosses are are arrow resistant in the full version which is not to say that bows are still not a good way to win just that it's not as easy as it was before okay so um i've never so this is one admission i'll make i've never gotten the magic system to work i mentioned the the little mana crystals and the bow and the the um there's several things that go into the whole magic system but i've never gotten it to work it feels like it's very hard to find those items to get them together to create that combo Hmm. Yeah, interesting. But I've definitely put together some pretty crazy combos in the game. There's there's like a weapon that attacks every single creature you're attacking, and there's forges that you find throughout the game where you can forge your weapon and make it better. And so basically, I just I just focused on everything on that single weapon, which attacked everything in the row, gave it all the forge bonuses I could, gave it all the just everything, and it was crazy good. There's just some really cool combos you can build. So what would you say are the best one or two things about the game? And what do you say are the worst one or two things about the game? Um, 
I would say that the best thing about the game is that it still it gives me the feel of the card um, roguelite. So it gives me the same feeling that I get when I play Slide of the Spire as far as the combos I build. But it doesn't give me the randomness of the cards. So I, I have what's in my backpack. I can, I can you know, I get to use that every turn. But I still get that feeling of, of that overpowered and what, what order do I need to do these in and how do I make this work. It's still all there but I don't have to worry about top decking that card. Okay. I would say that the worst part of it, um, uh, I I'm still going to say that the time thing is, is probably the worst part of it because I'll sit down to play a quick game and it's so encompassing and fun that I'll look up and realize that I've, you know, I've been playing the same game for an hour and a half and, and my wife said dinner's ready. And I, you know, that was 45 minutes ago. So I, I do think they could probably do some stuff to speed that up a little bit. All right. So we've got about 10 minutes left. Do you want to do the sniper game, go over something else, maybe talk about things we're excited about or interested in? Um, we can do any of those. I don't know if Josh has something he wants to pitch. And <sighs> I, I want to hear about the sniper game, but I want to know if you guys have at all seen Blood on the Clock Tower, because I haven't mentioned yet that it is literally sitting on a bookshelf in my house, and I wonder when I'm ever going to play it. As soon as you invite me over. <laughs> well, it's so, going to require yeah. a group is the problem. A bigger it's one. basically a it's a werewolf-esque game. You guys have not heard on heard of it or not? I think you've talked about it before, but... Okay. but it's my, it's, it's one of the reasons it. that I shouldn't listen to other podcasts, because they make me... And how many players <laughs> is it? Uh, between five and twenty. Okay, shouldn't have any problem uh, <laughs> getting that many people together. I'll bring my mega sieve over at the same time. We'll just the twenty people will will kick two out and we'll play eighteen player uh, mega sieve. Yeah, uh, that's a perf- perfect, perfect strategy. At, at, at the same time, we should play your uh, vampire game. Yes, I can't what it's I agree. see. I think what's different about Blood on the Clock Tower. Some of the things they did is it's like if you when you die you're still in the game you become uh, an influential mm-hmm. ghost and like it has ways for people to enter the game that you know fits within the rules of the game i mean like you know enter late or whatever and and or leave early i suppose and there's like 200 different characters <laughs> so, anyway two did you say 200 there are 200 yes max Holy ridiculousness crap. Yeah, yeah, is exactly what uh, <laughs> Josh needs. So, uh, I mean, I just, I just need to know where I sign up. Yeah, and when okay. I, when yeah, I need to be there. there, I will find the day. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, sure you will. Uh, I, you, okay, you realize? So this... Just a second. I'm going to pin him on this because there was supposed to be a party when he won his election back in May. <laughs> That's true. It got, it got. He, he ended up. Promises the, made, promises broken. <laughs> he ended up doing the trip to Board Game Geek Con instead. I don't, I, just don't give him a way out. <laughs> I'm not saying that his, that him ditching his friends, you know, has, <laughs> has justification merit. behind it. I'm just yeah, saying that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be honest. In two weeks, we're going to have to figure out a way to... Uh, get together for Twilight Inscription. Is it that is, close? 
It comes out in two weeks. Oh, man. I believe yeah, so. Let me double check. I mean, come on. That's literally my birthday. <laughs> I mean, it's like how, how can someone say no to this? Yeah, right? Except for that I have an council that exact night. I don't know why I always forget that you and I have birthdays in the same month. <laughs> it is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, it releases on uh, September 16th. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and you have my copy ordered already, already right, Mr. I do. Drug Deal? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I am. I. I don't know what I got to do to get involved, but I'm pumped. I'm ready. Make it happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, I. I. I too am ready. I'm. I'm. I'm picturing us playing on Josh's back patio outside. Uh, and Twilight Inscription. Could it be done? Sure. Why not? I don't know why not. Because of wind, because of where we live. Your, wind back is still... your backyard's pretty protected. Uh, Yeah, it might be okay. I mean, I do have a big umbrella we can put up, too, if we had to. Anyway. See, well, there you go. This plan is coming together beautifully. I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> I'll have a much easier time pitching my participation if the environment is something like that. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> so the other one other another thing that i'm excited for that um i'm curious if trevor has even heard of this i i know that josh won't have and it's it's rated r anyway so it's not <laughs> something he can partake of <laughs> but um did so trevor were you aware that there is a george miller movie in the theaters right now yes I, I know very little about it other than uh, it's something about a genie and a lady, and they talk about the trope of of wishing and making mistakes with your wishes. Yeah, yeah. So here's here is the. Oh, this is three thousand years of longing, right? Yes. yes. I'm aware of it. It looks amazing. Although I, I did see it also billed as Aladdin for adults, which makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's funny. So the the synopsis of it is uh, Dr. Althea Binney is an academic content with life and a creature of reason. Uh, while in Istanbul attending a conference, she happens upon happens to encounter a jinn, uh, Idris Elba. Uh, the the main character is played by Tilda Swinton, who yeah, I the casting is incredible. Lot. Yeah, right. Uh, who offers her three wishes in exchange for his freedom. This pre presents two problems. First, she doubts that he is real. And second, because she's a scholar of story and mythology, she knows all the cautionary tales of wishes gone wrong. The djinn pleads his case by telling her fantastical stories of his past. Eventually, she is beguiled and makes a wish that surprises them both. So it I, I haven't seen any uh, advertising for this. I am pretty uh, excited to watch it. I'm not sure if it's going to push me over i mean it's not likely i guess uh, to push me over to watch it in the theater um but it seems like one that i'll instantly buy as soon as it's available to purchase yeah the the reviews on it have been a little mixed so i'm not sure what to think about it mm -hmm. I, I would like to see what you think once you watch it okay uh i i am a a pretty big fan of tilda swinton so i am a little bit biased uh, I have a brief question on the Rings of Power. All right. But yeah, I can talk about that actually too. How will it be releasing? So like they have released dri dribbled out. They've the released peasants. two episodes to start, and then uh, over the next six weeks there will be 
an episode a week released, I believe. Mm, grr, I say, but not that it makes any difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I've watched both of the Rings of Power episodes at this point. I have watched um, both of the uh, House of the Dragon episodes so far. Um, of the two, the one that I had a higher desire to want to enjoy more was was Rings of Power, but so far I would say that House of the Dragon has been a, a better show. Um, hopefully I, I... I'm not saying that Rings of Power has been bad. I have enjoyed it, and it is good, but, um, yeah. But it's not House of the Dragon, huh? I would I would say that House of the Dragon has been better so far. Have, have either of you been watching She-Hulk so far? Um, I've only seen the first one. I've had a hard time getting everyone organized to watch the second one. So, and there, the third one just came out. Third one came out. Yeah. Two days yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I've been trying, but it's not, it has not gone well so far. You felt your, heard the cat skill. Yes. Very much so. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you guys think, but I'm, I'm assuming that you're going to end up enjoying it, but I'm, I'm curious to hear if. I was just you excited said. that you said Galadriel was the main. So. Yeah, I mean, she's she basically is the main. I would say she's the main character of the show, and so that's that is really good. I mean, there are there are various um, side characters and plot lines. There is um, Elrond is a side character. Um, there is kind of a progenitor race to the Hobbits that has some. Uh, characters in it um who are very dirty and have twigs all over in their hair um, <laughs> and unfortunately uh by by the second episode we finally see some dwarves <laughs> <laughs> all righty well um i'm sure we will will grade those shows uh when we when they're finally released but uh, until then, uh, let us know what you guys think of, of any of the things we've talked about so far. <laughs>